Hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. Before we get into the stories, I need to give a trigger warning for stories number two and three. Story number two mentions some pretty hardcore sexual harassment, and story number three has sexual assault. I'll have timestamps down below and I'll have these stories labeled in case you want to skip them. All that being said, I hope you all enjoy this one, and remember, if you have your own story that you might want to share with me here on the channel, you can send any story you have to southerncannibal.com. All that being said, let's get into the stories. And remember to always stay hungry. This happened a couple of years ago. For some context, I'm a female and I was 15 when this happened. I had gone to gaming conventions every year, mostly to support small businesses and buy artwork. It was my first time attending this specific convention since it was a bit further away from my home, and I went with two of my friends who I'll call Mike and Jordan. The doors had opened at around 9 a.m., and we walked around the vendor hall for a few hours, admiring the artwork and all the amazing costumes people had on. We decided to take a break in one of the many hallways around the building. If you're unfamiliar with the layout of conventions, there's a large open section of the building for vendors to set up their booths, and the rest is divided into smaller rooms for panels and activities. When we sat down, Mike was checking panel schedules on his phone, while Jordan and I were resting against the wall with our eyes closed. After a couple of minutes, I heard Mike talking to someone, so I opened my eyes to then see a guy probably in his 30s or 40s, hunched over us. If I had to guess, I would say that he stood at six foot three and was wearing a black trench coat. He was asking us questions about video games and just random stuff, but what was unsettling was he didn't really seem friendly when he spoke. And then he turned to me and just stared. The entire time, he just had a blank expression. I felt really uncomfortable so I tried to make it look like I was busy doing something on my phone. He was extremely close, like a foot away, and he just stood there looking down at me. I didn't look up from my phone, hoping he would walk away eventually. And after a minute of staring, he did. The three of us talked about how weird it was, but decided not to let it ruin the day. So we then got up and walked around a little more. It was almost two o'clock, and we had all started walking to one of the rooms of the convention center to go get our seats for a panel. We walked in and picked our seats all the way in the back row. The entire row was empty apart from the three of us until a friendly looking guy sat down in our row, leaving a seat between us and him. We talked for a little longer until I heard a familiar voice then sit next to us. I looked over to my right to see that same creepy guy from the hallway standing at the end of the row. He tapped the man sitting next to us on the shoulder, then saying, Get up. I want to sit here. With an angry expression. Not wanting to start any problems, the guy got up and moved to a different seat. The blood drained from my face, and I started to panic. Mike and Jordan hadn't noticed the interaction and were on their phones. The guy sat down in the seat directly next to me, not leaving a one-seat gap like the previous man. This made me tense up, and I grabbed my phone to text Jordan and Mike to look to their right. 
They both looked up from their phones at the same time and looked at the man. By this time, the panel had just started, so the audience was expected to remain quiet. Then the man put his arm around me and just said, Hey, with a weird creepy grin. I then started shaking out of fear so badly that I could barely type on my phone. Mike and Jordan scooted down a few seats and pulled me along with them to put some distance between the man and I. We all just looked at each other and then knew what we were going to do next. Hey, this panel's getting kind of boring. I think we should go find something else to do. Mike said in a loud whisper, loud enough for the man to hear. So we all got up calmly and walked out the doors. As soon as we were in the hallway, we ran as fast as we could to the other side of the building. Officially freaked out, we all just talked about what had just happened and agreed we weren't to leave each other for the rest of the day. An hour passes and we didn't see the man again. After going to karaoke, taking pictures and another walk around the vendor hall, we took another break in the hallway just to show each other all the cool stuff we bought and then decide what we were going to do next. Jordan taps me on the leg and then nods his head down the hall. I turned around and I saw the guy walking down the hallway. We didn't get up and hoped he was just passing to get to the exit doors and then leave for the day. As it gets close enough, he turns his head to look at us and keeps walking. We stayed there on the hallway floor, but the man came back and walked past us again. He did this about five more times, but we never did see him again after that. We were all freaked out still and spent the rest of the day in all the bigger spaces or outside where the food trucks were. At around 8 p.m., Mike and Jordan's parents came to pick them up. They asked me if I wanted them to stay with me until I got picked up, but I got a text from my dad saying he was almost there, and so I told him it was okay to go. I then went back into the lobby to wait. I sat on the floor since there were no seats and just looked at all the art I bought and scrolled on my phone. A completely different guy from before walked by me, stopped, and then sat down on the floor next to me. He looked to be about 30. I was already really annoyed from the previous interaction, so I raised an eyebrow at him. He introduced himself and then asked for my name. I gave him a fake name and tried to act rather rude to get him to go away, but he kept asking personal things like, How old are you? Where do you go to school? What grade are you in? And just really annoying questions. That was it for me. I stood up to walk outside until he then stopped me and asked, Do you want to come with me to a party tonight? I just loudly respond back with, No, and then walked outside. Thankfully, my dad was in the parking lot at this point, so I got inside and we drove home. I never did tell my parents about it, but I will never go to that convention again. I don't know why, but it just really seems to attract a lot of creeps. My story takes place a few weeks before my 13th birthday and ends around my 25th birthday. It was my neighbor at the time that lived right next door to me. I noticed that he started to watch me. One day while I was out looking for my younger sister as it was getting dark, he came out of nowhere and then said the following. Hi Sarah, could we talk for a minute? 
I got so freaked out because I was a 13-year-old girl, and he was a man who looked at me in his 30s. I was trying to figure out how he even knew my name. I managed to make up a lie in that moment, since my family only spoke Spanish, and I said, Sorry, I'm looking for my sister. We have to go inside. But then, my mom had told me in Spanish that my sister was inside, and then the creepy neighbor walked back to his door. I ran up the stairs and I didn't think to tell my mom in case she forbade me for going outside again. A few weeks passed and I went out to our front porch. We lived on the second floor of a duplex and his bedroom slash living room faced my porch. Something caught my eye and I noticed a loose piece of paper taped to his window that said, Hi Sarah, and I ignored it the next day. I saw that he added something else to the paper, and it said, Hi Sarah, would you please be my girlfriend? My blood went cold. I felt sick to my stomach, and I ran into my house and I told my younger sister. She got scared but was smart enough to get my parents' camera and take a picture just in case he took it down. After that, my sister ran and told my mom, and my mom told my aunt, who spoke English very well, and she told her to call the cops. And we did. After a few hours, the cops came and everyone in my family was standing in front of my house staring at the piece of paper. When the officer arrived, he had asked the standard questions. He then proceeded to knock on his door, which he didn't respond right away. I guess he was surprised to see a cop standing there. The cop yelled at him to go get the piece of paper taped to his window, and as he ripped it, he just stared at me the whole time. The cop read the paper out loud, and he asked him while looking at his ID if he knew just how old I was, but he said he didn't know. The officer yelled at him and said that I clearly looked like a child, that I was only 13 years old and he was way older. My aunt told the officer that he was lying, that he did in fact know how old we were as we lived in the neighborhood for a really long time. The officer said that there really wasn't much he could do and that hopefully it was a one-time thing, saying that now he knew how old I was. But if I was still afraid, he suggested getting a restraining order. I really should have pushed my parents to get that restraining order back then. But sadly, I thought it would be a one-time thing as well. Well, skip to a few years. I think I was 15 or 16 at the time. And I started to babysit the downstairs neighbor's kids by myself. She had a six-year-old daughter and a baby girl who was seven months old. I watched them from 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. when their mom got home. Before then, we would always play in the front yard without a care in the world. Until one day, the six-year-old told me as we went back inside, why does that man stand in front of his window watching us play? I hadn't even noticed that he had been watching us play. And once I started to notice that, I noticed that during the night when I would hang out with my best friend Dale who lived next to his house and my best friend Hannah who lived one house down from L, he would be standing in front of his window looking at me and I could see a silhouette because he had the light on. When he had noticed that we finally saw him, he would keep the light switched off but part the blinds slightly or he would go out to the front of his house to smoke and watch what I was doing. It was never really clear to me why he had that obsession towards me alone. At first, I thought he must be a pedophile, but he really never watched the little girls I babysat that way. Just me. Things like him watching me just kept happening, 
either when I walked to the store or when I was with my friends. He never came closer than that. Then when I was in either 10th or 11th grade, my sister had got a nice Jeep Grand Cherokee and she had been taking me to school in the morning. My dad had picked me up after school, so I was never really alone until one day we woke up to see that her new truck had been scratched with really bad words all around it. She also had four tires popped. I didn't know it at the time that it had been my stalker who did that, thinking that I would walk to school and he would grab me. Shortly after, we started talking to his younger half-brother, who told us he was mentally unstable. After that, weird things would often happen to my sister's vehicle. After that, my parents got very strict about letting me go out alone. I'd often go out at night to get my cat, who always snuck out of the house. But after that, I always kept her inside. My friends would walk me home and sometimes we would just sit and talk on the stairs. On one particular night, my friend Hannah had introduced me to one of her friends named Diego, who I would later start dating. This upset my stalker so much that he came outside and smoked while hearing us talk. He then walked towards his door while looking at us, then sang, I really hope you're happy. My friend Hannah chimed in. She is. Now leave her alone. Which he then responded back with. I don't think I was talking to you, fat bitch. Which at that point, my boyfriend at the time then got up, and my stalker ran inside. Another scary event happened when I was in the 11th grade. Sadly, I didn't have a car, and my parents never got me a cell phone. On this day, I was walking back home per usual while listening to music. I typically listen to rock music really loudly. As I cross the street, I see a lot of people waiting for the bus. And out of the corner of my eye, I spot my stalker waiting for the bus as well. I was hoping and praying that he didn't see me, as I just kept walking, without making it obvious that I had seen him. I kept walking, thinking that he must be heading somewhere as he was at the bus stop, when all of a sudden, I hear his voice right behind me, then call my name. I instantly felt my heart spike so much, fear washed over me. So I kept walking by, my legs then feeling like cinder blocks. I pretended that my MP3 was a cell phone, and I started to act as if I was calling someone, which he then proceeded to quickly cross the opposite side of the street while watching me. When he finally stopped watching me, I crossed that same street, and instead of going through the alley, I took a main street where I could then be seen by a lot of people. When I finally got home, I ran up the stairs and my legs gave way. I started to cry when my then older brother asked what happened. I told him how my stalker had followed me from school. My brother ran down the steps and as he got down there, he was coming from his backyard. He must have thought I would go down that path to get home quicker, but I took a longer route. As my brother started to confront him, he ran into his house and then my brother ran back in to check on me and also called the police. As you can imagine, the police said that there was really nothing they could do since he didn't actually touch me. My parents came home after that, and coincidentally, it was a parent-teacher conference that day, and we had told a teacher all about the incident. She notified the entire school board as well as security with a picture and name of my stalker, and to also keep an eye on me leaving and coming to school. After that encounter, I was really afraid to go outside to hang out with my friends and to sleep in my room, 
seeing as my room had access to the balcony, and his window wasn't that far. He could literally jump or touch my balcony if he really wanted. Then when things would calm down, I finally felt confident to go on the porch and talk to my boyfriend. And one of the many nights I would do that, I could hear him talking to me while I ignored him and just kept talking to my boyfriend. I could also hear him touching himself, and I felt sick to my stomach. Then shortly after that, from 2012 to 2017, he started to get so drunk that he would shout loudly, and it could be heard throughout the whole neighborhood. He would also say my name and that he was a Satanist, and that he's going to kill my whole family and rape me. During one of those nights, I actually recorded him saying all that, and we called the cops yet again. They knocked on his parents' door, and his stepfather answered. He was then made to listen to the recording just to confirm it was his voice. They really didn't need it, though, as he was still shouting in his room gibberish. And when his stepfather opened the door to let the cops in, they found him extremely intoxicated. They ended up giving him a ticket for public disturbance, but didn't really do a damn thing about the recording and all of the horrific and sick things he said about me. I was really upset at that point, but I just let it be. But I got so angry about the whole ordeal that that man, in a sense, had really ruined my childhood. I mean, I had to constantly look over my shoulder and always be made aware of my surroundings. It wasn't until my uncle, who was a cop, talked with my mom and said that he would talk to the man. He told the man that if he made one attempt to touch me or even try and talk to me, that he would be here in a heartbeat in order to arrest him because we were his family and that what he was doing was sickening. Well, a few months after my uncle had that talk with him, he ended up moving in with his biological father and I didn't see him for three years. By then, I was either 22 or 23. But shocker, he moved back now and he was renting the basement, which was a relief now that he wasn't in the upstairs apartment. But regardless... I still see him all the time. I wasn't afraid of him anymore though. I was just mad. There was a time when I was standing on my steps waiting for my dad who needed help with the groceries. And while I was standing there, he would talk to me. I told him to shut the fuck up and that he was an ugly disgusting pedo who deserves to be in jail. Then my dad came and looked at him and he ran inside his house. He was really afraid of my dad and brother. Then around 2019, after living next door to him, my parents finally decided to move, and as we proceeded with the moving, my mother and myself unpacking at our new house, and my brother and dad checking anything left over, making sure everything was clean, and on the last night we stayed at our old house, my brother had a run-in with my stalker. I didn't hear anything about it until days later, but according to my brother, he was getting in his car, getting out to head inside when my stalker was going to his car and noticed my brother. According to my brother, he just kept saying, Why won't you let me talk to her? Because she didn't want to talk to you. I'm not sure what was going on in his sick head, but his brother always told us to be careful, and that he was mentally unstable and doing a hell of a lot of drugs. He always reminded me of the old creep from Lovely Bones, except a younger and shorter looking man that was skinny. I really do hope to never see him again, and if I do, my uncle taught me self-defense moves, which really helped me a lot. Back then, talking about any of this would really make me shake in fear and cry, 
but now that I know how to defend myself, I really doubt he would want to try anything with me. Best of luck if he does. I'll start off by saying that I'm an autistic and quiet 14-year-old male. I've never told anyone this story. This happened during May, and I've become more self-aware of my surroundings. I figured sharing this with the internet would help me get this off my chest. I was in the 8th grade, attending a middle school in Southern California in 2021. Since my mom wouldn't be out of work until 5pm, I would have to stay in the after school program. I hated it there, and it wasn't until February 2022 that I finally told my mom that I didn't like it there and that I wanted her to remove me from the program. She did so, and she told me that I would have to walk home as she couldn't pick me up at 3pm. The time school would end. I was honestly fine with that, as it would only be a 30 minute walk from my school to home. So after about 3 months of walking, nothing really happened until a day sometime in May. School had ended for the day, and I began to walk home. My friend who walked with me was picked up by his parents, so I would have to walk by myself this time. No biggie. I put in my earpods just before my walk to listen to music. After about 10 minutes of walking, my headphones died and I put them in my pocket. You know that feeling where you think you're being followed? I had that feeling deep in my stomach that I was. I looked behind me and I saw a fairly tall woman walking in pace behind me. She looked at me like she was in her late 30s and wore denim jeans, had a pair of sunglasses, and wore a revealing top. I grew a little suspicious and I tried brushing it off. After several seconds, I looked behind me again and she was still following me. I brushed it off as some weird sort of coincidence that where she was going was probably just in the same direction that I was walking. Well, I'm about three-fourths of the way home and she's still following me. At this point, I was pretty creeped out, and I stopped looking back at her. My heart felt like it was pounding a thousand times per second. I turned to the street where my house was on. I tried calming down and continued to walk. Adrenaline filled my body when I looked back again, and she was still fucking following me. I was now terrified. Why in the fucking hell is this bitch following me? Due to me being scared, I didn't say anything to her. At the time, I had a very deep gut feeling that she wasn't following me at all, and I would be an absolute dumbass for straight up accusing her like that. But that was all thrown out the window as she continued to follow. Thinking she wasn't following me was very stupid of me. I mean, if she's walked this long behind me, then of course she was following me. I looked behind me one final time. She was gone. I was so fucking confused as to where she had gone, but I breathed a sigh of relief that she had vanished. That was when I then felt an arm reach around my head. That same arm was then wrapped around my throat. I tried to sprint away, but the grip around my neck was so strong that I nearly fell to the ground. I heard a woman's voice then speak to me in a hushed and arousing tone. What I heard was so fucking vile and disgusting that I got really fucking angry. I'm glad I found a young man like you. I'll keep you and use you as my personal sex toy or fuck buddy. 
I hope what you got for me down there doesn't disappoint me. That's when I heard, right in my fucking ear. Her other arm reached out into my crotch. I looked around in panic and there was absolutely no one around to witness this. I tried to scream for help, for anyone. She brought her violently shaky hand down on my crotch as she breathed heavily. The wave of rage hit me as I jerked my head back as hard as I could. The arm around my throat released as the woman then fell to the ground. That was when I then gunned it to my house. Thinking about this now, I wish that I'd run down another street in an effort to lose her. The adrenaline didn't allow me to think clearly as I ran until I reached my house. I looked behind me, and thankfully, the woman didn't follow me anymore. I waited a few more minutes to catch my breath before finally opening the front door to my house. That's the end of it. I had never experienced anything like that again, nor have I told my mom or anyone about this. I walked like normal until the end of my 8th grade year. Some of you may think I should tell someone, but I'm fine. I look back at this and even though I get goosebumps, I brush it off like nothing. I'm about to start high school and I plan to walk a different route than the one I used before. It may be foolish of me to not tell anyone about this, and I could have handled the situation better, but I feel confident that nothing like this will happen to me in the future. Trust me on this. I'll be ready to dial 911 just in case I feel threatened or suspicious by anyone. Oh, and I really hope that psychotic horde doesn't prey on any other teens again. <laughs>